Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Focus Box Valley and our Law Talk Hour with Herling Clark Law Firm right here on WHBY. I'm Haley Tenpass with you from the Myron Construction Studio. So glad that you have joined us here today. We've got a great show planned for the hour. So let's welcome in the first of our guests, Attorney Kevin Lonergan, joining us on our Settlers Bank phone line. Kevin, good morning to you. Welcome back to Law Talk. Thanks, and good morning to everybody. Good morning. Now, Kevin, I know that we love talking with you, but you decided to bring in a special guest as well to uh, to liven up the program, and I would love for you to share with us who you've invited and why you wanted to welcome them to the show here today. Sure. Um, we're honored to have Barb Bosick, who is the Outagamie County Clerk of Court, uh, as our guest today, and Um, I wanted everybody to get to know not only her, but her very large staff. She's an elected official for Outagamie County, and uh, she uh, uh, operates the clerk of court's office. But, you know, many of us only see the person who's seated up by the judge in the courtroom, Mm. and they think uh, that's who the clerk of court is. But it's uh, far more than just that. So... Uh, we're hoping that Barb can shed some insight on that. Fabulous. Welcome, Barb. Fabulous. Yes, good morning, Barb. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Haley and Kevin, for having me today. Absolutely. So, Kevin, should we just kind of dive right in and get to know Barb a little bit? And, Barb, maybe you can start by telling us a little bit of, of your history and journey to the bench. We'd love to hear that. Sure. So, I began working for Outagamie County um, in the Child Support Agency as a secretary when I was a co-op student in high school. And when that job ended the summer after my senior year, I was hired as a deputy court clerk in the clerk of court's office. I worked there for a few years, and then I left to attend court reporting school. Um, After school, I worked for a few private attorneys, had my family, and eventually came back to the county and I worked in legislative services and with the county executive's office. Then um, in 2010, I came back to the clerk of court's office as the chief deputy. And when my predecessor, Lonnie Wolf, retired in 2015, I ran for clerk of courts and have been serving in this capacity ever since. The terms that um, I run are their four-year terms, 
and I'll be in my third term starting January of 2023. Fantastic. So it sounds like you always sort of had a love for for law. Would that be correct? It is. I, I really enjoyed, when I first started here in high school, I thought, wow, this is the best job ever. And then I became a deputy court clerk and I went into court and I just was fascinated by all of the things that happened in a courtroom, things I had never experienced before or didn't know about. And I learned so much that um, I just really enjoyed being in court. I enjoyed being in the office and I've been in law ever since. Wow. Kevin, I feel like you can so relate to that a little oh, bit. I sure can. Yep, definitely. Barb, could you just tell us uh, about what you personally do and tell us about your staff and the different things that they're involved in? Sure. Um, the, the clerk of court's office is statutorily responsible for record-keeping duties, and we do play a significant role in Wisconsin's judicial system. Um, I have a staff of 30 people that work in our office, and we have uh, a them kind of divided down into categories. So I have a chief deputy who helps me run our office. And she's responsible for managing 22 of the employees in the office, scheduling their daily activities. She's working with um, the courts and their court calendars, making sure that we have a court clerk, which we mentioned earlier, is the person that sits right by the judge um, during the hearings. And she works with training those people. Um, when these individuals go to court, they take minutes of hearings, they administer oaths, they mark exhibits, read verdicts. Um, we divide them into divisions. So in those divisions, they're going to be opening cases, maintaining cases, and disposing of cases and preparing court orders. So we have each of our deputies assigned to a division. Our office handles criminal, small claims, juvenile matters, traffic matters, uh, civil, family, and paternity, and we have a jury clerk. So they specialize in these um, divisions, and they help us in the courtrooms with in front of a circuit court judge and a court commissioner or in our family court commissioners. Currently, we have seven circuit court judges, uh, two court commissioners, and one-and-a-half family court commissioners. So there's a lot of hearings that happen here. We also have uh, three support specialists who help us with frontline customer service, they open our mails, answer phones, and scanning. We have a records specialist who comes in and helps customers with records requests and viewing public records. Um, we have a financial operations manager who balances our daily accounts, does our month-end and year-end reporting, as well as preparing our budget, and assists with the budget of the circuit courts. She also oversees our debt collection, and she manages four account associates who are responsible for receiving and fines and collection efforts. So we have a, a big staff here um, and a lot of things that we do with with our staff that we need to have these positions filled so that we can assist the courts and keep the process running. Barb, I know you uh, sometimes are asked questions that uh, might be more appropriately addressed to attorneys. Um, is it fair to say that none of your staff uh, are, 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 in fact, attorneys? That's correct. No one here is an attorney, and that does happen to us quite frequently. People come in and they want to know what they, what they need to do, and we can help to some degree as far as maybe defining things, 
um, for people to help them, you know, understand the process a little better. Um, we can we, we direct them to areas where they might be able to find the answers to their questions. Um, one of the things we, we like I said we can give explain legal terms and definitions, um, but we give you other avenues to assist you as you try to navigate through the legal system. WI Courts is a website that has loads of information available to individuals. We have self-help centers here um, in the county that's run through our family court program, and that is a free service offered by Outagamie County to assist couples when completing their divorce paperwork. It's not a legal clinic. It can't give you legal advice. We also have something where the self-help center um, has attorneys that come in, and they will come in and assist their, their family law attorneys who are volunteering their time for helping people. You get like 20 minutes with somebody, and you can go in and ask questions. And they can help you out with things. Um, self-help center also has a person who sits up there and helps complete paperwork up in the self-help center. But the WI Courts website is is so full of information. Um, there are tabs available on that website. They can talk to you about e-filing. There's tutorials set up. They help you to register to log in, and there's user guides and trainings. There's frequently asked questions and support out there. Um, there's a form section where you can go in and select the forms you want to use, pull them right up, and the information in Word format, and you can print them out, and your forms will be done. One of the one of the best areas on the website, I think, is um, there's a services tab out there, and if you click on that services tab for the public, you get a self-help law center that pops up. And when you click through it, it gives you information on many subjects. It could help you to file a restraining order. Um, that, and, and what happens is it walks you through the whole process. You you answer a few questions, and the form assistants help you completing the forms required. And then you bring the forms in. And there's forms assistant programs for family law, small claims, juvenile matters, probate, and name changes. There's even information on how to represent yourself in court and how the courts work. Um, there's there's just it's, there's a wealth of information out there, and and we also refer people to the state of Wisconsin Law Library as well. They are also very helpful in answering the questions that we are not um, able to answer. Wow, this is a great place to take Kevin. I'm going to have you hold that thought because we do need to take a short break. So hold that thought, and we'll come back with more with Outagamie County Clerk Barb Bosick and Attorney Kevin Lonergan with Hurling Clark Law Firm as we continue our hour of law talk right here on WHBY. Don't start your day without in-depth weather reports from Steve Balon and First Alert Weather. Every weekday morning during AM Fox Valley with Dave Edwards on WHBY. Once again, welcome back. You are listening to Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm, part of Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. We're, we're joined by Attorney Kevin Lonergan today, and our special guest is Outagamie County 
clerk of courts, Barb Bosick, both of them joining on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Kevin, I know you had a thought. Hopefully that thought stuck with you and we'll continue that conversation. Go ahead, Kevin. Thanks. Um, Barb, I may be dating myself by asking this question, but when I uh, started practicing law, uh, uh, we obviously had, you had massive amounts of hard copies of paper and uh, uh, all the pleadings and evidence and all of those things. And when we needed to file a complaint, uh, uh, you know, we had to rush our staff over to the courthouse before five o'clock. And uh, uh, if we needed to review a file, we'd have to send somebody over and you'd pull the file and then our staff person could review it. Can you talk a little bit about how things have changed over time uh, in terms of record keeping and filing and so forth? Sure. Um, we called that the paper world. When, when everyone would come over and stand at our front counter, wait for us to file their lawsuits, um, we had hundreds of thousands of pieces of paper in hundreds of thousands of cases. Um, in August of 2018, our office went to electronic filing which meant that the way we keep records was, was changing from a paper format to electric format. There was a lot of preparation, a lot of discussion, um, and getting ready for that. But what it basically means is now that we have e-filing, parties can sit at home and file their lawsuits electronically by creating an account on the WI Court's website, using the forms available, uploading their documents, paying their fees, and submitting the lawsuits. Once they opt into their case, they can see all the documents that they're eligible to see in inside of that case from their comfort of their own home. We, we still take paper documents from individuals. Attorneys, as you know, Kevin, are required, they're mandated to use the e-filing system. And the only other people that are mandated are people who file 10 or more lawsuits a year, which might be people who maybe um, own properties and do evictions, things like that. If they do more than that, more than 10 files, or 10 lawsuits a year, they would need to use the electronic filing system. So people are still eligible to come in and file their paper um, documents. What happens is they come to our front counter, and then we take in their document. We scan it right away into the court record because our records are electronic, and then we give them their document back. And uh, if if people are interested in knowing what's going on in a given case, uh, let's let's say there's a case on the news and 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 they're just interested, can they have access to some certain aspects of uh, the court file through um, the CCAP system? They can look up the case. Basically, we call it doing a query. So you can look up the case, and there's some information out there. But as far as actually seeing documents in that case, they are not able to do that unless they are one of the parties on the case. However, because of open records, they can come into our office, and we do have a computer available that they can look up. Anything that they are, is an open record, they can come into the office and see electronically. But they can't sit at their home and go into a case that they really have no, they're not a party to. Barb, I want to pop in here. I'm just curious, uh, since electronic filing for lawsuits has become, uh, you know, accessible to people, have you seen an increase in the amount of lawsuits filed just based on the 
the ability to file a lawsuit from the comfort of your own home? Not really. Um, actually, our our lawsuits, I was looking at our case filings just the other day, and they're starting to trend back up. But in 2021, we filed 20,940 cases. Hmm. 2020 was, in 2019, we're lower, Um the highest number that I could find going back um, would have been back, we were up in the 30,000s in 20, 20, or 2008, 9, and 10. And then we took a little bit of a dip. But it, it depends on the types of cases that are being filed, too. There's civil lawsuits. There's family and paternity lawsuits. Small claims. Traffic citations do make up a large portion of that. And forfeitures. And then we have criminal felony, misdemeanor, and criminal traffic filings as well, and juvenile um, family adoptions, um, things like or, uh, termination of parental rights. So those, all of those case types encompass the, the number of 20,940 20, cases from last year. I don't really see that our numbers are, right now when you compare them to 2020, they look like they're up. But it's because I think a lot of people, the courthouse, we were open during COVID. Our, our clerk of court's office was open. But I think some of the filings, our, our traffic filings, and, and some of the ones that make up our higher case counts, those actual filings were lower. All right. We do need to take another break, so we will do that. And when we come back from today's Garden Bite, more of Law Talk with Herling Clark Law Firm. Stick with us on WHBY. You're listening to Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm, part of Focus Fox Valley and WHBY. I'm Haley Tenpass, joined by attorney Kevin Lonergan. And today our special guest is Outagamie County Clerk of Courts, Barb Bosick, both joining us on our Settlers Bank phone lines. All right. Kevin, did you have any thoughts from uh, our last segment with Barb? Um, yeah, some quick follow-up questions about uh, the CCAP and uh, I know that it's become more and more popular by, you know, landlords, employers, lenders. Um, and actually, uh, I've heard of parents who want to know who their son and daughter is or daughter is going to be going out with oh. <laughs> uh, to, to look up people on CCAP. And um, some people actually just want to know what's there about themselves. What are the things that people see when they First, how does somebody use CCAP, and, and what are the things that they can find? Okay, so when, when somebody wants to look up someone on CCAP, basically they go to wicourts.gov, and they can do a case search. They go to the circuit courts, and they do a case search. They put in that party's name, and then anything throughout the state of Wisconsin that is a record that has been opened um, for or against that person will appear, as long as it's um, not... A record type that is confidential, so um, or one that has been dismissed. What happens is when we op- when someone comes in to file a case, we open up the case in our office, and so that is a historical event that happens. They come in, they file their case, and it's part of the CCAP history now. Unless that case is removed um, or sealed, it's and, and it's not uh, a juvenile matter 
or um, a restraining order, something like that, where, where parties' names are kept confidential, um, they they can see things. Now, if you're, say you like in the instance where maybe you want to see who your son or daughter is dating, and you would go out there and you would see um, a case that would say petitioner versus John Smith, and John is the person that your son or daughter or your daughter is going to be dating, and you see um, restraining order, that case wasn't dismissed. You'll see John's name out there. But one of the things that's a little scary about that is you have to make sure you have the right person because there's a lot of people with the same names. Yeah. So so they can find criminal records. Can they find collection cases and personal injury cases, those kinds of things on, on the CCAP system? Yes, and it's out there for all 72 counties. So... Um, I know that in criminal cases, there are times when a judge will uh, find somebody guilty of an offense, uh, but then they'll expunge the record. What, what happens when that, with respect to record keeping? Sure. Expungement is, is when a case is removed from the WI court's website. So say a defendant is charged with the crime, they're convicted and sentenced, and the court grants expungement when certain conditions are complied with. Expunge case is then removed from the website and the case is closed and not to be opened again. Many defendants um, are confused when they come in here and they say, well, wait a second, my employer knows about this. How did they find about, out about this? Well, expungement is only for the court record there are many other websites out there. So the Wisconsin Crime Information Bureau keeps records. Um, it records could still exist in the Office of the District Attorney or other law enforcement records in the Department of Transportation, other places. And the court has no authority to require removal of those records. So employers can find that information from those other avenues. So people need to be careful. And I, I understand even the if they hire an attorney, they may not be able to get those other records uh, 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 eliminated. Right, right. Expungement, expungement is, is a kind of a difficult process, but it seals that record. So if you are, if you are in a court and, and maybe the court does grant expungement, if you're given a copy of your judgment of conviction or your criminal complaint, you're going to want to hang on to that document. <laughs> it's an important document. Hmm. So there, there are other services that the clerk of courts uh, uh, provides to people, particularly those without attorneys. Um, I think you touched a little bit, but you talked about restraining orders and small claims. And um, uh, uh, what other kinds of services do you provide? Um, one of the things we do um, that doesn't even involve attorneys is we are an acceptance facility for passport applications. So if you need a passport, you can come to our office and get the forms you need and apply. Um, in order to apply for a passport, there are forms either you're going to be filling out, we call it a DSN-11, it's an application, or that's a renewal um, for a U.S. passport and a, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, and the DS-11 is the application, and the DS-82 is a, a renewal. Those forms are available here. You come in, you have um, the person that's applying, it needs a certified copy of their birth certificate, their proof of, 
um, citizenship, being um, that certified copy or naturalization papers. Um, we need a passport photograph, um, which is a two-by-two two on a white background, and a cashier's check or checkbook. You come in, if you're under age 16, you have to have both parents accompany you. And if you can't, the person that cannot, the parent that can't come with you, they need to have a consent form to show that they're giving permission for the other parent to apply for this passport for the child. There are fees for those. Um, passports are $130 for applicants ages 16 and above and $100 for children under age 16. But any time you leave this country, a passport book is needed for international travel by air, sea, or land. But we do also have passport cards that are available for $15, and they're good at entering the United States at land, border crossings, and um, seaports of entry from Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, and uh, Bermuda. So basically, they come in, they apply, make out their checks, and then a routine passport takes 7 to 10 weeks to process. You can expedite your passport. It costs an additional $60, but that takes that processing time down between four and six weeks. And sometimes people come in and they say, well, I have to leave immediately or I've got travel within the next 14 calendar days. We have to tell those people they have to go set an appointment directly with the Chicago Passport Agency and apply there. Mm -hmm. But there is a website out, travel.state.gov, and that has a lot of information on passports, how to apply, and everything that's up to date. I've had friends who've needed to make that drive to Chicago, Barb, and they have not been too happy about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 very, it's usually under a stressful situation, yes. so yes. we understand that. Yes. All right, we're going to take one more break here, and then we'll wrap up our hour of Law Talk with Harling Clark Law Firm. So stay with us. One more break. We'll be back in just a few. Welcome back. It's Law Talk with Herling Clark Law Firm, joined today by attorney Kevin Lonergan and Outagamie County Clerk of Courts, Barb Bosick. We're kind of learning the ins and outs of Barb's position here with Outagamie County. She's been in that role since 2015, correct, Barb? That's correct. Yeah, and we talked a lot about what you 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 do cover in the Clerk of Courts office. I'm curious if there's anything that is not under your job description? What do you not do that maybe people come in thinking you might be able to help them with? A lot of people think that we are the person that you come to to get marriage licenses. Ah. And that's the county clerk. So it's not the clerk of courts, it's the county clerk. Um, they help you with that. Um, sometimes people wonder that we, if we have birth certificates, that's the register of deeds. Barbara, I want to ask you briefly because uh, I, I think members of the public uh, often see that a judge in a criminal case will uh, assign fines and costs and assessments and civil cases. We have filing fees. We have uh, jury fees. And there are frequently uh, added costs that uh, end up going through the clerk or court's office. Where does that money go? Sure. 
Um, a lot of times people do wonder that. So in, in I'll give you an example. We collect, we, we act as a central collection agency. So large sums of money are collected and dispersed here directly to citizens, municipalities, as well as county and state agencies. So along with fines, the clerk of courts collects applicable surcharges, um, and we support programs such as domestic abuse prevention, consolidated court automation programs, which is what we call CCAP, uh, court support block grants that go out to counties, environmental protection, crime lab, justice information system, jail renovations. In, in 2021, we collected $2.9 million um, and that we dispersed out to the state of Wisconsin for their portion of fines, surcharges, filing fees, and court support charges. So we do handle a large amount of money. Um, we receded over 33,000 receipts. So receding, and not these are just on fines that we collect on behalf of municipal, county, state agencies, all of that. Um, we deposited over 9.2 million in 2021. So we have to account for that money and send it out. So a good example is if someone comes, maybe you say they got they were speeding and they've got a ticket for $200.50. They come to our office and they want to pay that. They, and they, I think people wonder, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, the breakdown is $50 of that fine goes directly to, say if you've got a ticket from the city of Appleton, $50 goes directly there. And then there is a clerk's fee of $25, but $5 of that goes to CCAP, $7.50 goes to the county, and $12.50 goes to the general fund. There's also a penalty surcharge, $13, and 100% of that goes to the Department of Justice, and that helps with law enforcement training and related services. There's a jail surcharge, and 100% of that goes to the county to construct and remodel, repair, and improve jails. Um, there's a $13 crime lab and, and drug surcharge, and 100% of that goes to the Department of Justice for drug law enforcement, crime labs, and related services. There's a court support um, fee of $68, which 100% of that goes to the Department of Administration. And finally, the last $21.50 goes to Justice Information, with $6 of that going to the Supreme Court for court automation. $15.50 goes to the state general fund, and up to $700,000 goes to the State Department um, of Administration for various justice programs. So we do support a lot of different things with that; those uh, funds that are collected in our office. Do you pay um, jurors who are asked to serve on jury trials? And I know that uh, they don't get paid very much for the service that they give us, but uh, does that come out of your budget? That actually comes out of the circuit court budget. Um, we also assist with preparing that budget. But, yes, they are paid uh, $14 for a half-a-day service and $25 for a full-day service plus mileage. Uh, which which really is not compensating them for their lost time at work, but it's a civic duty, and I'm so happy, so happy that people are willing to do that. Um, how often do cases go to trial? Um, our, our trials have been down over the last couple of years um, since COVID, too. We've, we're starting to ramp up again. Um, but just because you receive a summons doesn't mean that trial is going to go. Out of Gimme County summons for a one-month service. So what happens is in the fall of the year, I request 
from the state of Wisconsin a random listing of about 7,500 names of people who live in our county. And that comes to us from the Director of State's Courts Office. And they get the list from the Department of Transportation. But when we get that list, we import that into a computer. We send out a qualification questionnaire to be sure that someone is actually eligible to serve in our county. And then as we need jurors, we put them into a pool. So they're randomly assigned, and they go with specific dates. Now, just because you receive a summons doesn't mean that you're going to serve. I'm looking at this month alone, and I think we had 51 trial dates set. Um, but to date, we've only had 36 trials that actually went. So sometimes trials need to reschedule because witnesses can't be present or they, the cases actually settle and they don't have to go to trials. So when people receive a summons with multiple dates on there, sometimes they get a little worried that they're going to be here all month, and it doesn't really happen like that. <laughs> we, we ask that you serve five times, and once you serve five times, you're excused for the next four years. Well, Barb, we're running out of time. Kevin, I think we might have a time for one final quick question if you want to squeeze it in. Real quick, and I know you'll handle this uh, real ex- expeditiously, but there are seven circuit court judges, and um, how is it that a case is assigned to one judge versus another judge? Most of them are assigned, they're, depending on the case type, it's, it can be a rotational, meaning they get um, assignments one every seven cases. Otherwise, there's a random weighted, and that basically just means that we have seven judges, so we're trying to get to 100%, so they have a percentage of cases. They, they still get one every seven, but it's, it's a weighted random. All right. With that, okay. my goodness, uh, the hour has flown by, and I think we could we could spend more time with you, Barb, if, if we had it. But unfortunately, we are out of time. But thank you so much for joining us for Law Talk here today. It's been great to get to know you and to get to know your role as County Clerk of Courts. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. And Kevin, as always, we appreciate your joining us here on Law Talk as well. Thanks. appreciate everybody listening. Thank you. All right. This has been another edition of Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm. More Focus Fox Valley is on the way. Don't go away. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.